Welcome to the My Money Podcast, a Southern Company production about helping you make the most of your money. This My Money Podcast is for general information purposes only and does not provide legal, financial, or investment advice. This podcast is intended to provide a summary of some of the information you should consider as you review your financial well-being. This podcast does not supersede the description of benefits contained in the plan documents. In the event of any discrepancy between this podcast and the plan documents, the plan documents will govern. The views expressed here are those of the presenters and not necessarily those of Southern Company. Today, we're talking about investing through Southern Company's Employee Savings Plan, or ESP. Here to help, we have Bob Biderman, Southern Company's Director of Retirement and Financial Wellbeing. And Bob is joined by Julie Johnson, a Senior Consultant on Southern Company's Retirement Team, and Kim Lovingood, Southern Company's Manager of Retirement and Financial Wellbeing. Hi, Kim. Hi, Julie. Julie, let's start by talking about one of my favorite subjects, the employee savings plan. Can you talk a little bit about base pay contributions? Sure. Employees can contribute a portion of their base pay every paycheck to the ESP. I often refer to this as a regular contribution because regular contributions are eligible to receive the company match, and these contributions are always a percentage of your base pay. You can make these contributions in one of three ways, pre-tax, Roth after-tax, or traditional after-tax contributions. Cool. So the company match is really good. Can you explain a little bit more about that? As long as you contribute up to 6%, the company will match 5.1% of your contribution, and it doesn't matter how you contribute to the plan. It can be pre-tax, Roth after-tax, or traditional after-tax, You can also do a combo of any of those three. The goal is that you contribute every paycheck, and hopefully you have at least 6% deduction on each paycheck so that you do receive the full match. For example, you could contribute 2% pre-tax, 2% Roth after-tax, and 2% traditional after-tax, and that would make sure you got the full 5.1% company match because you've contributed a total of 6%. Great. So Kim, what happens if I can't contribute that 6% right now? Well, that's okay. We, you need to just do what you can and what works for you. At the very least, you should be able to contribute 1% to 2%. And if you look, since it's pre-tax, you'll see just a small difference in your take-home pay because of the tax advantage. With a pre-tax deduction, What we do is we take your contribution out of your pay first, then whatever is left after all of your pre-tax deductions, that's what you get taxed on. A great way to see how it changes is is using the calculator on the Merrill Benefits Online so you can see how it affects your pay. So click on the Merrill app on MySource and then find the contribution calculator and play around and see what works for you. Okay, that makes sense. So, Julie, can you talk a little bit about um, the two different after-tax contribution options? Yes, there's a Roth after-tax and a traditional after-tax. The difference between these two, they both come out of your check after we have taxed your paycheck, but the Roth contribution is eligible to grow tax-free as long as certain distribution requirements are met. 
the traditional after-tax contribution will have its earnings grow tax-deferred. What that means is you'll pay taxes at a later date when you take a distribution. But with the Roth, the earnings are tax-free. And so, again, as long as it's a qualified distribution, you'll never pay taxes on those earnings. Likewise, your before-tax contributions and any of the company matching contributions those also grow tax-free, and they are both pre-tax contributions, so you'll pay tax on all of that at a later date. Now, again, Kim just talked about that contribution calculator. When you go into the contribution screen to look about changing your contributions, you'll see the calculator to the right-hand side, and that's where you can play around and, and just see how, let's say, putting in 6% pre-tax and maybe 3% Roth, how that affects your paycheck, or change those around and you'll just see how the difference between a pre-tax contribution and an after-tax contribution affects your take-home pay. Great. Yeah, I think I saw something that there was like a Roth contribution webinar in March, um, but I think that video is still out there. So I might go back and look at that to learn more about the Roth because it sounds pretty interesting. Kim, can you talk a little bit about an easy way to increase MICE contributions? Sure. The easiest way is with something called an auto increase, which is on the second page of the benefits online contribution change screen. And that was a lot of words. So when you go and you change your contribution on Merrill, as soon as you click next, you will then see the page for the auto increase. So what you do is you pick the month you want it to increase and the amount and then the maximum percentage you want your contribution to be. For example, if I'm contributing 4% now and want 1% increases each year in April, I would it would go to 5% this April of 2021 and then 6% in April of 2022 until it hits the limit that I set for it or I stop it or I change my contribution. Some people pick the month of the merit increase so that you don't notice it. You're already getting paid a little bit more. And so you're just skimming a little bit off of your paycheck to pay yourself first to be able to save more for retirement. Now, if you're already hitting the limit, this feature isn't for you. Um, you'll, you, there's other features that we might have that could help. Hmm. Yeah. I know a little bit about the, the, the annual pay limit of 290,000. Um, and that doesn't really impact a lot of employees. Um, Julie, can you talk a little bit about the other limits? Sure. First, the limit for contributions into the plan is 50% of your base pay. That's the maximum you could contribute each pay period. But then there's a, a contribution limit for before tax or pre-tax contributions and the Roth after-tax contribution. That is combined at $19,500 a year. Now, most people, when they're contributing, they'll contribute before tax and or Roth after-tax first to try to get up to that limit and then if they still want to contribute additional, they'll contribute after-tax contributions. Or if they hit this $19,500 limit earlier in the year, then they'll go ahead and add a traditional after-tax contribution. 
the system is set up that it, when you hit the $19,500, your contributions stop, as does your company match. If you haven't set up an after a traditional after-tax contribution, you've got to do a little planning. So for people who want to try to hit this limit every year, we recommend that you just divide your annual salary into the limit, which is currently $19,500. You round it to the nearest whole percentage, and that gives you the percentage to start out the year so that you will hopefully have a deduction every paycheck in the year. And then on that last paycheck, hopefully you've had at least a 6% deduction before it stops you at the 195 because as long as you have at least that 6% deduction, you're not going to lose out on any company match. But again, when you reach that limit, your contributions will automatically stop. There's no need to zero out your contributions if you're going to go in and add the the traditional after-tax deduction because your before tax and any Roth contributions, they'll automatically restart at the beginning of the next year. The big thing to remember, though, is you have to contribute every paycheck of the year in order to receive a match. So if you do hit that $19,500 limit early, please add the traditional after-tax deduction so that you don't lose a match. And note, I said, please add a traditional after-tax contribution. If you were just contributing pre-tax and you hit that 19.5, but then you went in and added the 6% as a Roth after-tax contribution, nothing's going to happen because the pre-tax and the Roth after-tax are combined together for the 19.5. So you have to do it as a traditional after-tax contribution once the 19.5 is reached. Okay. Can you also talk about the total contribution limit? Some people always ask me, well, what's the after the traditional after-tax limit? Well, before tax and Roth are added together for the 19.5 limit. But then there's a plan contribution limit of $58,000, and that's where the after-tax contributions come into play. But as well, the company match is added into that limit as well. So for the $58,000, it's your regular contributions you're putting in every paycheck. It's any PPP contribution you might contribute during our special election for that. It's your company match. So it's the total of all pre-tax, Roth after-tax, traditional after-tax, company match, up to $58,000. Now, some people sometimes put in a large amount of after-tax. So if you were had a big after-tax percentage coming out of your check each pay period, or if you elected a large amount to come out of your PPP check, there is a possibility you might could hit the $58,000 limit before you hit the 19.5 limit. So you have to do a little planning to see what you're doing there. And as always, you can cont- you can send an email to the retirement team at g2retire at southernco.com, and we'll always be glad to help you figure things out. Great. 
So, Kim, um, just to kind of pivot a little bit, um, I've heard something about a catch-up contribution. Can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So the IRS allows employees who are 50 and older in that year to contribute a little bit more since they're closer to retirement, which is why they call it a catch-up. So you can contribute an extra $6,500 to the ESP annually after you're age 50. This isn't included in the limit that Julie just talked about, the 58000 and it's also not eligible for a company match. It's just another way for you to add in a little extra money um, for your retirement. So if you choose to do a catch-up, you will choose an amount per paycheck for you to contribute. Okay. Can you give me an example of how to do that? Let's say I'm currently 51 and I want to do a catch-up of the full 6,500 that I can add to my retirement. I typically get paid in 26 paychecks. So all I do is say I want to do the full amount of 6,500 and divide it by 26 to get $250 per paycheck. And so I elect to contribute that. One word of caution, though, make sure that you're thinking about the 6,500, the full amount, but you don't want to put that in the box. If you do that, it's going to try and take that full amount on the first paycheck after you elect to contribute. And when I don't have that full 6,500 in my paycheck, it's not going to contribute anything. So just remember that it is the amount per paycheck and you'll be just fine. This is another thing that's suited for employees who are already hitting that 19,500 limit that Julie's talked about who want to contribute more. So if you weren't planning on hitting the limits, then it's, it's really not something that you should worry about at this time. And I know it is a lot to remember, and it's a little bit confusing. We've thrown around a lot of numbers, but the good news is that we have a tool in development that will help you determine how much to contribute. So be on the lookout for that. Great. And the key thing is, is that that catch-up's not matched. So even if you hit the 19.5, you still may want to still do that 6% traditional after-tax. So how does the plan keep track of what's taxed and what's not, Julie? The plan keeps up with how your money goes into the plan and how investment earnings are taken care of when they're distributed. And so the plan stores these in different sources within your investments. So your before-tax source includes contributions and earnings that have never been taxed. You're contributing before-tax, and let's say you contribute $7,000 to that before-tax source, and you know a few years down the road, you're ready to take a distribution of $10,000. That money has grown And it has $3,000 worth of earnings. So if you were to take out that $10,000 pre-tax, every bit of it would be taxable to you. Now, with the Roth after-tax source, when we take the contribution out of your paycheck, we tax it. So you're never going to owe another penny on that after-tax contribution. Since you're doing it as a Roth, as long as those contributions stay in the plan for five years, and that's five years from the first time you contribute to the Roth, and you take distribution after your age 59 and a half, then any earnings on your Roth contributions are, ne- are going to be tax-free. So you'll never pay any taxes on what comes out of that Roth after-tax source. 
you also have a traditional after-tax source. Again, like the Roth, when it comes out of your paycheck, we tax you. Now, any earnings on that traditional after-tax source, those are going to grow tax deferred. So when you take them out later, the after-tax contributions that come out, no tax liability. The earnings that come out, you will pay taxes on those in the year you pull them out. Merrill Lynch keeps up with all of this, so we don't have to worry about it. Now, you also have a company match source in your account. Now, the company put that in your account, so you've never paid taxes on it. So when it comes out of your account, it and the earnings it has accrued, you will pay taxes on all of that as well. There may be other sources that you'll see in your plan if you look at your account by source, such as a rollover in you may have done, or if you worked at one of the companies that Southern Company acquired, there may be other sources there. But again, for each of these, Merrill keeps up with the taxability of these sources. Great. I think the Roth after tax, um, the fact that it's tax-free sounds really great. We've got a new feature added to the plan in 2020 called the in-plan Roth conversion. Kim, can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So this is similar to a rollover that would be made outside of the plan to an outside IRA. Instead, though, the great thing is it allows you to do the roll to allows the rollover to be done in plan, meaning that the money stays inside of the employee savings plan or the ESP. The conversion feature allows you to take pre-tax or traditional after-tax money and convert it to a Roth-like contribution. So you pay taxes on the rollover amount when you convert, and then the amount can grow tax-free just like the Roth after-tax contribution currently does, which is great. But red alert, for any taxable amount that you elect to convert, you're going to have to have the tax money set aside on the amount converted because when you file your taxes for that year, you will owe taxes on any money that has never been taxed before. So to simplify, if you converted $5,000 of taxable money in the in-plan Roth rollover, you would receive a 1099-R at the end of the year with $5,000 as the taxable amount. You add that on your income tax as taxable income. You only owe ordinary income tax. But again, you have to have the tax money set aside to pay. So what I want you to think about is as you go through the Roth process, in-plan Roth process, you'll actually get to a screen that tells you the money that is not taxable and the money that is taxable. You can even choose to do these conversions by source that we just talked about. So you want to make make sure that you clearly look at that screen to see what that taxable amount is to see if you want to continue with this rollover. Because once you hit submit, the transaction cannot be undone. It will create a new source in your plan and it will say IPRR and that stands for in-plan Roth rollover. So you can keep up within the plan of how much you have converted over to that source. Hmm. Interesting. So I guess with the in-plan Roth conversion, 
Um, it's a good way to kind of move some of that traditional after-tax money that I'm contributing if I hit the 19.5. Is that correct? Yes. So a lot of employees use it to save more money about above the limit by contributing to the traditional after-tax, then immediately converting it, the after-tax contributions to the in-plan Roth. I say immediately because right after that after-tax contribution posts to your account, if you do it right after that, then you're not going to have many earnings on your after-tax contributions because you haven't had time to. So you're not going to get, you've already been taxed on the contribution that you put in for because it's an after-tax contribution, but you haven't been taxed on those earnings. So if you don't give it much time to actually earn anything, then you're not going to have to owe much on, on those earnings. Um, so then you're able to roll it over in the in-plan Roth conversion and owe minimal taxes. I actually used this strategy to convert a little bit more to my account. If you really don't want to pay any taxes, you can be diligent. I actually have a tickler on my calendar on the Monday after payday that reminds me to go in and take the maximum of two minutes that it takes to do this. And I actually go ahead and I move those after traditional after-tax dollars to the in-plan Roth conversions before they ever have chance to get any earnings. So I have been able to use this strategy and not pay, have to pay any taxes um, on my conversions. But you have to be strategic. If you forget to do the conversion immediately after payday, you may have a little bit that is taxed on, or you can always consider waiting to a down market um, when some of your earnings have been wiped out. And so there's, you do the conversion then, and as it grows in the future, it will grow tax-free. When you're doing this after-tax strategy for conversions, remember that $58,000 limit for your combined pre-tax, Roth after-tax, company match, and after-tax deductions, because if you hit that limit, everything stops taking from your from your paycheck and you could lose match. In the show notes, there's a couple of documents that discuss um, our in-plan Roth uh, conversion. There's some frequently answered questions. You know, I recommend you talk to your financial planner or tax advisor to see if this might be right for you. And one other thing I want to note is when you're doing the conversion process, It's going to ask you a question. Do you want to include or exclude your Southern Company stock in this in-plan conversion process? Including Southern Company stock, it doesn't liquidate the stock. It just moves it from one source to another. So it doesn't hurt anybody that might have restrictions on stock trades. It's not selling anything. So just want you to be aware that that will be a question asked. If you exclude the Southern Company stock, then you're not moving all of that after-tax contribution over. Great. So just in the closing, kind of what happens to your ESP account when you're ready to leave Southern Company? When you leave the company or retire and you're ready to take distributions, you'll owe taxes on the distribution based on how old you are when you take the distribution 
and what your taxable income rate is during the year and what sources your distributions come out of. But when you leave the company, you don't you can leave your money in the plan. This is one decision you don't have to make immediately upon leaving. Um, at any time at a later date, you can take distributions of any amount at any time. Um, you can do rollovers out of the plan. But when you reach age 62, excuse me, age 72, that's when the IRS requires minimum distributions to come out of your account. This is an annual distribution based on your life expectancy. If you're taking distributions already, those will be factored in to your minimum distribution amount. There's a lot of flexibility in the plan when you leave. Again, you can leave it. You can do monthly, quarterly, annual installments, or just take any distribution at any time. Great. So I think um, check out all the resources at the Mind Money Challenge website under week three, invest with regard to the savings plan. Um, we've got an article also on the ESP basics that may help you retain a lot of what we've talked about here today. And then lastly, don't forget to listen to next week's podcast about developing a plan for long-term care. For more information about financial well-being and your retirement plans, check the show notes and visit the Pension ESP tab on MySource.